Milo Vonnen, and welcome to 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. I'm your host, Joel W. Hallbaker, and I'm thankful that you're here. Each week on the show, I'll be bringing you expert interviews to encourage and inspire your blended family, along with some special episodes thrown in from time to time. If you like what you hear, please leave a rating review on iTunes or whatever platform you use. In the meantime, be ready to listen, laugh, and learn, and maybe even take a few notes. Ready for this week's interview? Then let's jump in. Milo Vonnen, and uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the 10CBF podcast. I'm really excited uh, about this interview. Today, we have Meg Burton-Tudman with us, and uh, Meg Burton-Tudman is on a mission to support stepmoms in honoring their highest selves through coaching, writing, and speaking. Her specialty is holistic coaching for superwomen, empowering them to align their mind, body, and soul so they can live a life they love. Meg weaves mindset, meditation, yoga, and Reiki into her online coaching programs, wellness articles, workshops, and corporate events. She's been featured by Stepmom Magazine, Xerox Women's Alliance, Finger Lakes Yoga Scapes, and Go Love Yourself. Uh, Meg, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Thanks so much, Joel. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. Well, I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm excited because um, even I mentioned right before we got started, I'm unfamiliar with what Reiki is. And so I'm looking forward to learning more about that. And I'm sure that our audience is as well. Um, before we get to that, if you could just give us kind of a summary of your blended family experience, personal, professional, both, let us know kind of how you got into this space and, and how you're trying to make a difference. Yeah. So I work directly with stepmoms through one-on-one coaching and also workshops. And then I think I work indirectly with that same audience um, and probably including more people who are part of blended families through podcasts like this, through online summits and also publications. Okay. Excellent. Um, And so when you are, when you're working with blended families, what kind of got you in that space specifically? I sort of fell into the space um, by meeting a lot of women who are part of Stepmom Magazine, which Mm. I know one of your later questions we'll get to. What's your top (laughs) resource? (laughs) So spoiler alert, that's one of them for sure. Um, And found that there was such a need for support that is, it's such a complex situation. And I Mm. think unless you are supporting people or are part of that um, environment and situation, it's hard to understand all of the nuance and everything that goes on. And and again, how complex it can be. So I found that there was such a need for support and loved that I could step into more of a mindset and energetic space, as opposed to some of the other more traditional supports that are out there that are fantastic. Um, but that may not have worked for everybody. So I think it's nice to have a variety of support systems that you can draw on and Mm -hmm. kind of take what works at one time and leave the rest. So I was grateful for the opportunity and, and saw a need and a niche that, that was really fulfilling on my end and that, Mm -hmm. um, women were really benefiting from as well. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think that's great. You mentioned a few things that I think are worth, um, audience listening to and paying attention to. And, and one of those is that when you're in a blended family, it's always complex. <laughs> it's always complicated. And, and the other part of that, as you mentioned, um, there's a lot of different, there are a lot of different resources out there of different varieties. And yes. so what you're doing is different than a lot of what's out there. And I think that's great because 
blended families are so complex. There's no such thing as a one size fits all fix it for your, for whatever your blended family issue is, there's not any one thing that's going to work for everybody. And so um, I I love that you're offering a different kind of resource where some people, so I tried some of the coaching or I tried some of the books that I read and they were, they were kind of helpful, but we're still struggling with whatever this is. And I feel like maybe that's where you're saying like, that's, that's where you kind of step in and go, okay, well, I'm glad you tried those other things. They can be really helpful, but if they're not as helpful as you'd like, let me try to help you in a different sort of way. Is that, am yes, I reading that correctly? That's exactly right. Yeah, that's a great, great insight. And I think too, uh, so much of what we see, you know, in the blended family space, but just in general is, you know, oh, I should be doing this because a celebrity told me to, or mm. I feel like I have to do this because all my friends on social media are doing it, or this, you know, worked for quote unquote, everyone. So I should be doing it too. And it should be working for me. And one of the things that I work with my clients on is, is getting to a space and a place where they can appreciate and respect that what works for them can be completely different than what seemingly works for everybody else. And that it's okay for it to be unique. It's okay for it to be different. You know, the point is that it works for you and, and that's all that matters. And, you know, it's, it can be a long journey to release that judgment and that comparison factor that I think is innate in so many of us, but it is possible to get there. And, you know, certainly our mindset plays a huge role in that and starting to understand that it's okay if it doesn't work for everybody else. It's okay if I'm not seeing, you know, this technique or this strategy anywhere. I've tried it. I love it. And that's what matters, right? So it's getting comfortable experimenting and and trying different things to say, you know, I don't have to be stuck with this, right? If it doesn't work, I can drop it. But best case scenario, it does work, or I find a way to tweak it and weave Mm. it into, you know, my daily ritual, my daily routine, you know, the, the style of parenting of families, and, and then it works great and can have, you know, such an amazing ripple effect. Yeah, I think that's great. And again, I I love that you are encouraging blended families by letting them know, uh, and listeners is something to pay attention to, just because what you have tried in the past hasn't worked doesn't mean that it's hopeless. It just means that that thing didn't work. So try something else. And if that doesn't yes. work, try something else. And I mean, everybody at this point is familiar with, with you know, the, the definition of insanity that's attributed to Einstein, right? It's doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Okay, right. good. Well, if you're not seeing the results that you want, try something different, try something different, mm-hmm. Re- maybe read a different book, maybe try a different coach, maybe go a whole different angle and approach it from the other end. Um, right. And so I would love to hear what you do, especially again, we, we mentioned the, the, the Reiki uh, in the introduction. I literally have no idea what that is. So I would <laughs> love to learn about that and, and sort of what role that plays in the larger way that you help blended families. Sure, absolutely. So we'll start with the basics. Reiki is a type of energy healing. Um, And essentially during a session, the Reiki practitioner, which in this case would be me, acts as a conduit. So we have energy coming from a higher source that may be the universe, maybe God, maybe Mother Earth. It can be anything that resonates with the person receiving it. So that energy is then coming through the practitioner being 
being shared or transferred to the person receiving it. And the idea is that we can get energy blockages throughout the body. And despite our best efforts, you know, we could be doing all the things. And despite our best efforts, we're still not seeing the results that we want, or we're still not making the progress that we desire. And sometimes that can be because there's an energy block. And so a healing practice like Reiki works to break up those energy blocks. It's also super relaxing. And, you know, I think in this fast paced world that we're living in, you know, giving yourself time that is, you know, uninterrupted where the focus is entirely on yourself just to breathe and be, and let someone else take care of you for a moment and share, you know, something healing with you that in and of itself can be a really transformative experience. Yeah, I could see that. And, and especially I love that you mentioned in, um, you know, kind of the fast paced world we live in listeners, you already know if you're in a blended family, free time is probably not something you have a whole lot of more in the order of sort of anarchy or chaos that's somewhat managed <laughs> throughout the throughout the day and especially depending on you know what your home life is and, and how many kids you've got or if you have kids going back and forth and schedule changes and you know it's it's complicated and it's difficult and so any opportunity you can take to relax a little bit it's probably something that we need to pay attention to and see if we can use that in order to help us heal, in order to help us move forward in different ways. So um, cool. Thank yes. you for explaining that. I think that's, I think that's excellent. So in addition to that, or, or will woven in with that, as your intro mentioned, mm-hmm. what are some of the other, other ways that you help specifically stepmoms kind of heal or move forward or organize their lives better or, or whatever that is? Yeah. So I have a big focus on mindset mm-hmm. um, and that. I think is probably one of the the roots of my practice. And I would say the reason for that is because so often in these, you know, complex and complicated blended family situations, it can feel as if you don't have any power. So it can feel like there's all these dictates and mandates that are coming from other parties There's, you know, maybe things that were put in place before you were even part of the family that you now Mm -hmm. have to adhere to, you know, there's definitely a learning curve for a lot of women, you know, entering those situations. And so can feel like all of a sudden we are powerless. And so working with women to start to identify what are the beliefs that you have around the situation, around yourself, around, you know, the other people involved what are the thoughts, especially the ones that are on repeat that keep coming up over and over again, that maybe are causing you to feel stuck or hopeless, or like there's not a way out of this and it's going to be you know, this way forever. Um, and starting to recognize that while there are a lot of things that are in place and maybe are set in stone, not all, but maybe many, there always is a choice for us to recognize how do I want to respond to this Mm. and how do I want to frame this for myself? And, you know, taking that pause and it's a practice for sure. You know, this isn't something where you just like snap your fingers or flip the switch and all of a sudden, you know, you're able to, to do this, but it is possible for sure. There's been some great success stories from my clients. Um, 
So that ability to pause and think, okay, this is happening. Maybe it's not ideal. Maybe in fact, it's, you know, completely awful, but I do have a choice how I respond to this. Mm -hmm. And I do have a choice how I choose to, to frame this, which is such a gift and, and is so empowering because then you're creating your reality. So despite all of the chaos and, you know, everything that's happening around you, you still have the ability to go within and to say, you know, here's how I'm going to handle this. And I, you know, I love your 10 commandments because that's such a great place to start, especially from, you know, a self-care standpoint, how can I be sure that I'm taken care of? You know, there's Mm -hmm. multiple probably parties who are depending on me now, but what can I do you know, small and big throughout every day that allow me to be taken care of so that I'm in that headspace and that energetic space where I can say, okay, hang on, something's happening here. How do I want to handle this? How do I want to move forward from here? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's excellent. I know um, that's something that is extremely powerful for people who have been struggling and something. So before I started doing blended family stuff, I worked a lot in the leadership space. And one of the things that I tell my students that I teach and that I used to share from those stages when I was doing conferences for for leadership is, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves shape who we become and they shape a lot of our actions. Cause I'm, I'm a history guy. That's what I majored in. That's what I teach. All of life is stories. Now, some Mm -hmm. of those stories are really helpful. Some of those stories are skewed versions of the truth and are unhelpful. So I love that you're speaking to that in terms of helping people identify. So I'm, I'm a compulsive note taker. I tell people this in almost every episode. That's what I'm doing now. <laughs> um, but I was writing some of those things down. I love that you, you mentioned that you help people, you help women identify their beliefs and thoughts that are causing them to feel stuck or like they don't have any power. Because once you've identified those things and you can act, once you've identified them, you can actually evaluate and say, is this accurate? Is this true? Yes. Or is it, or is this some kind of distortion that has occurred for whatever reason? And if it's right. not true, like you said that, okay, so that's when you can actually, you can start to regain some of that power. Okay. This thing I've been telling myself, that's simply not true. And right. and I, I love that you mentioned too, like, you can't just snap your fingers. It's not going to be a one time. And then it'd be great if it was, that'd be so spectacular, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know anybody yeah. who wouldn't like that. Um, but I think you're exactly right is, is. Um, it's important to understand one, what those distortions are, and two, be willing to keep addressing them because if they're habits that are ingrained, it's going to take a while to get over them. Right, exactly. I love to the exploration piece that you just explained. That's such an important part of the process. And mm-hmm. I would invite you know anybody listening who's going through this and thinking, you know, what might be the stories that I'm telling myself to start to explore those stories and beliefs from a place of curiosity and also compassion rather than from a place of criticism and judgment, because Mm -hmm. the stories are what they are. You know, there may have been a time where that story served you very well. There may Mm -hmm. have been a time where that story was necessary for protection. You know, there's so many reasons that stories are created that, you know, we create them for ourselves and, So being able to get curious instead of judgmental about that whole kind of experience and process and, you know, ultimately the underlying belief, is it true? Um, It can be so helpful and and it can be tempting 
they kind of say, oh, that's so stupid. Why do I believe that? So if you find yourself doing that, know that that's normal. Right. Um, but there is another, another way. And, you know, there's no need to criticize yourself. You have done the absolute best that you can at any given moment in any given circumstance. And, you know, so it's so easy for us to look back and say, oh, I wish I had done it this way, but you know, we're working with a totally different set of circumstances and skills and strengths and knowledge, right? When we are looking back. So Mm -hmm. giving yourself some grace and some compassion there as you dig into, is this true? What is the story that I'm telling myself? And is it serving me well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so in, in, in sort of in that area, talking about some of the challenges that that um, we need to face or some of the, the stories that we need to identify. Um, can you share with us one of the one of the bigger sort of blended family challenges that you've faced again uh, professionally and how you helped someone overcome or address it? Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. This was one of the questions you shared before mm-hmm. we started chatting. And, and as I was thinking about it, you know, there are so many challenges, <laughs> this, as we've said a number of times already during this conversation, it's such a complex situation. And I think the most common challenge that I see in my practice is actually stress. Hmm. And it's so interesting because being part of a blended family is one part of your identity. But I think the situation is so complex and can often be so difficult that it overshadows or impacts every other area of your life. So Hmm. it feels like this is all I am. This is all there is. And, you know, everything is feeling so difficult and potentially so unenjoyable, depending on, you know, what the situation is with your blended family. And, you know, when it feels like that's our whole identity and Mm -hmm. when it feels like that's our entire focus, our nervous system is an over overdrive. So there's no way for us to show up fully as our best or our highest selves. We're in survival mode. You know, that's Mm -hmm. how we're wired as humans. And not only is that not sustainable, but it's also not enjoyable. And, you know, that's definitely (laughs) one of the points that we're here for. So I found that, you know, recognizing the stress and, and recognizing what it's doing to your body, to your relationships, to to all of the other aspects of your life and trying again, from an individual standpoint, figuring out what is the best way that I can care for myself. Um, I am a huge proponent of self-care and Mm -hmm. I see, I think a lot of people, when, when I start to talk about it, kind of roll their eyes because it's, it's like a hot topic, right? (laughs) You know, take care of yourself draw the bubble bath, light the candles. <laughs> right. Um, Go for and if a that walk. works for you, yeah. Yeah. If that works for you, great. I invite mm-hmm. our listeners though, to consider self-care through a little bit different lens. So mm-hmm. think about self-care as a series of choices that you're making throughout every day of your life and let it be, you know, everything from how am I talking to myself? to who are the people that I'm surrounding myself with, to what's the media that I'm exposing myself to, to, uh, you know, what is it that my body really needs right now? You know, is it a walk outside or is it to be curled up on the couch under a blanket? Um, And knowing again, that this is super individual 
and that it's multiple things that we can do throughout every day rather than like a, a chunk of time, you know, because as you mentioned earlier, the time and freedom can be a little bit limited, <laughs> especially if there are a lot of kids. Um, so giving yourself <clears throat> that opportunity, <clears throat> excuse me, to mm-hmm. recognize what works for you right. and to recognize that self-care can be a multitude of choices that you're making throughout every day and, you know, starting to take your power back that mm-hmm. way as well. Yeah. I, I love that you mentioned that. that's one of the things that I just wrote down here is that self-care is a series of choices that we are making on a regular basis. And those things determine not just what we're doing today, but what we're doing within that day. I, I love that you mentioned that is what I need right now to go for a walk is what I need right now to curl up on the couch it, is what I need. We, in our family, we do a lot of, we got pets, we've got two dogs and uh, we, we had two cats. We actually just had to put one down recently, which was heartbreaking. Yeah, um, that's the worst. It was not the most fun that we have ever had. Um, but one of the things we're real big on in our family is fuzz therapy, right? Do you just need to sit down and just pet the dogs for a while? Do you need to go in the backyard? <laughs> and the, the term we use is rumpus. We love the book, uh, uh, where the wild things are, yes. right? Let, let the wild rumpus one. start. Like that's, that's our whole house. We have two big old rescue dogs and they wildly rumpus oh, all yeah. the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what do you need do is what I need today to go rumpus with the dogs is what I need to go today is to go sit down for 10 minutes and just read a book. Right. Um, because self-care doesn't look the same, even for the same person on a day to day basis. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, yes. I, I love that. I love that you mentioned that, that it's, it's a series of choices and it's very, very individual because I know like my wife and I, what, what she, cause she's much more introverted than I am. I'm an extrovert all day long what I need for self-care is not going to be what she needs. She needs like some quiet and some downtime and some alone time. And I'm right. thinking like, let's go do stuff with people and noise. And like, that's not what, that's not self-care for her. That's not it. Yeah. So I love that you I, mentioned that. You make such a good point there too. You know, you and your wife are totally different in what you need for self-care. So the more you can communicate with your partner and, you know, specifically let them know, here's what I need today or Mm -hmm. in general, you know, depending on how communication works best for the two of you so that they're not trying to like pull you off of the couch, right? Right. You're not trying to pull your wife, you know, out to a party with friends and she's not trying to, you know, pull you into maybe a meditation (laughs) session or something. Right. Right. So having that respect and, and, you know, being able to support your partner, knowing that this is what is best for them right Mm -hmm. now. And, you know, not taking it personally and knowing that it has nothing to do with you, that right. they know themselves best and this is what's going to work best for them right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting because that's one of the things that um, a number of our guests have shared in terms of just the importance of communication. You need to know yourself so you, so you can communicate what you need, but then you've also got to be able to actually communicate that to your partner. Right. Right. And, and because that, you know, if, if we were all just perfect at communication, then none of this would, would be an issue, obviously. So, (laughs) um, but I think, I think that's wonderful. And it leads me to my next question because you're talking about some of the positive things that people can do. What are some of the best experiences that you've had with clients or some of the best memories that you have where you've just, you've seen some great healing. You've seen some people really make some, some forward strides. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the best part of the job for sure is just to be a witness and to be able to, you know, have the honor and the privilege of holding space. So seeing women come in and, you know, it's, it's funny, we talked about like, it's not an automatic switch, but there is often that, you know, aha or light bulb moment. And to be part of that and see that and to then see them take their power back and, and start making choices that align their mind, their body, their soul. There's such a joy and excitement that they create from that. And it's contagious in mm-hmm. the very best way. And I, you know, again, it's such an honor to be part of that transformation. And, you know, it's, I have so much gratitude and I have so much respect for the women who I serve because this isn't easy work. You know, right. if, if it was as simple as flipping a switch, everybody would have already done it. Right. And, right. you know, this inner work is, is tough um, mm-hmm. and can be, you know, it can be a lot, frankly, um, but it is doable. And although it's inner work, you know, your mindset is inner work, your energy, I, is primarily inner work, although you can get some support from people for sure. But, um, you know, knowing that you don't have to do that inner work alone can Mm -hmm. be so freeing and so empowering. And, you know, there's a, there's a quote and I'm not sure who said it, but it goes along the lines of change happens slowly and then all at once. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we put all these building blocks in place. We learn all of these skills and tools and techniques. And then one day something happens and it's like, wow, I get it now. Like I see my power. I consciously made this choice. You know, something was happening for me or around me and I didn't fly off the handle, uh, you know, (laughs) and it's right. Which happens to everybody, you know, you're not Mm -hmm. alone. That's happening for you. Um, but being able to stay grounded and calm and, you know, kind of aligned with that inner peace and that inner strength that no one can take from you, no matter what's happening is Mm -hmm. just so exciting and is again, such a joy to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And it, as a, as a high school teacher, that's what we call kind of the aha moment. Right. When yes. you when you see a kid finally grasp a concept or a kid who's struggling with their writing, they finally figure out, here's how I put together a good thesis and an essay or just, you know, a kid in class who's normally pretty quiet. They raise their hand be confidently because they know the answer is like, that's a great moment. That's yes. that's just a great. Yeah. And so I think you're exactly right. Like, that's one of the joys of what we get to do. Um, yes. And, and so listeners, if you don't work with blended families, but you're in one, you need to celebrate those moments within your family as well. When, when you and your partner have a breakthrough piece of communication or when one of your kids, a stepkid or bio does something helpful that they maybe not have done before to celebrate that jump on that yeah. and, and absolutely engage and, and consciously choose to make sure that you point that out because that's going to go a long way towards building a desire to keep doing those things moving forward. Yeah. The celebration piece is huge. That's such a great point. I think so often, you know, we have a goal or we're working towards a milestone or a Mm -hmm. benchmark and then it, we create it, we manifest it, it happens for us. And then we're on to like the next thing already. And so taking that pause and really acknowledging like, this is amazing look what we did, right. You know, or look what you did. Like we're acknowledging this, we're celebrating this. And that is, that's such an important part of the process. And, you know, 
that's great energy to build upon too, because now you've got evidence that it can be done. Right. right yeah. Now all of a sudden the, the scale has tipped in your favor. Okay. Mm-hmm. It can be done. Like we've right. got it. We've got a different way to do this now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Proof of concept is a big, big, uh, empowerment. And it's also a big way to encourage people to keep moving forward with that. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's, uh, excellent. Again, um, listeners, I encourage you just like, uh, Meg was sharing with us when you, when you have those moments, man, celebrate them, celebrate them. Um, mm-hmm. so as we start to move into, uh, getting toward the end of this, let me ask you, um, the next question, uh, I mentioned, or you mentioned earlier that I sent you ahead of time, some, some different information. And one of those things is the list of these 10 commandments that I share. Um, and what, a, one of the things I like to ask all of my guests is having looked through those, um, which of those do you, in your particular niche, in your particular experience, which of those do you see people struggling with the most and what kind of wisdom, uh, would you share with those people? Yeah. Well, I loved all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And I think you're welcome. I think that they all work together and mm-hmm. overlap in really unique ways. So, uh, you know, listeners familiarize yourself with that list and, you know, start to like practice and understand like, oh, this connects to this and this connects to that. And, um, so I had a hard time narrowing it down because I see a lot of, of Mm -hmm. those exact, you know, issues or situations. Um, but I think the biggest one that a lot of women struggle with is always show respect. Mm. And interestingly, it's not respect for other people. It's self-respect. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest struggle. So being respectful, being kind, being patient with themselves, it that can feel so difficult, again, in these complex and often drama-filled blended <laughs> family situations, right? And, you know, from a respect standpoint, we talk to ourselves more than we talk to anybody else. Right. So I invite our listeners, you know, anybody, does not just the women, you know, to start to notice how are you talking to yourself? You know, what is the language focused on? Is it negative, critical, Mm. judgmental? You know, are you making sweeping generalizations to define yourself and your situation? And, you know, always and never are keywords to be mindful of as you start to explore that and get curious about that. And, you know, notice, is there a way for me to reframe this? Or like we were Mm. chatting about earlier, you know, is this true for me? Or how can I flip this? Um, You know, or is this even necessary? You know, is this like constant, you know, like committee in my head that's judging (laughs) everything, that's critical of everything? You know, is it serving me well? Like, does this really align with what I value or what I prioritize? Or is this like way out in left field? And, you know, if I ever said these things out loud, you know, dear friends and family would be like, oh my goodness, what are you saying? You know? Right. Um, so start to notice how you're talking to yourself um, and, and try to include yourself in that, that always show respect commandment because you're just I, as valuable. You're just as mm-hmm. worthy as anybody else. Absolutely. I, I think that's incredible. You, that, you, you're the first person that I've ever heard have that take on that particular commandment. I think that's yeah. excellent. That's, that's something that I may need to edit in the way that I write that out and kind of share it with people because Thank you're you. exactly right. The way that we treat others is important. Certainly, we need to show respect to our partner, to our ex, to our kids. To Yeah, right. we, we also need to treat ourselves with that same kind of respect. And if we are constantly yeah. berating ourselves or beating ourselves up or 
some of us, I don't know, I don't know about uh, the rest of you, but some of us are really good at guilt tripping ourselves, right? Really good about feeling guilty about things that happened 35 years ago that we can't oh. actually fix right now. Like, yes. you know, everybody sees those little sort of cartoons or memes where, you know, you lay down to go to bed and your eyes pop open and your brain says, you remember that thing you did 15 years ago that was embarrassing? You should feel guilty about that. You know, that kind right. of thing. Um, oh. Yeah. And we all have those. And so I, I love that you mentioned we need to be respectful to ourselves as well. I think that is, um, I think that's spectacular. So yeah. in addition to that, what, what is, uh, if you could share one piece of wisdom or advice or tip or strategy, what would you share with our listeners, with the, with the women that you work with? Yeah. So take care of yourself first. And I mm-hmm. recognize that, you know, that can be extremely hard when again, there's other people depending on you. Um, but I think that's exactly it, that you really can't care for anyone else if you're not well cared for. So the self-care that we've chatted about, the self-talk that we've chatted about. And I think one way to reset and pause is through conscious breathing. Um, Mm. I have a background in yoga, so I apply a lot of yoga exercises and principles throughout my practice. And, you know, I've been doing this for quite a while and I'm still amazed at the power of our breath to help us reset and rebalance. So one of my favorite exercises is box breathing Mm -hmm. and you can do it anywhere. People won't even know you're doing it. So that's (laughs) good. (laughs) Um, and essentially you're going to inhale for a count of four, hold that breath for a count of four exhale for a count of four, hold that for a count of four, and then repeat that. And Mm. if you're a visual person can be helpful to imagine a box or a square, you're going to start at the bottom left corner. So you breathe in, you're traveling up that side of the square. You're going to hold that breath as you travel across the top of the square going to breathe out as you travel down the right side of the square. And then you're going to hold the breath as you travel to the bottom back to where you started and doing a few rounds of that. So breathing in, holding, breathing out, holding can be so effective um, and certainly so simple to help us reset, to help us get grounded, to help us, you know, kind of let go of some of that chaos that may be Mm not only between our ears, but also around us. <laughs> Absolutely. And listeners just completely, uh, completely spoiling this here. Um, as she was describing that, I'm literally doing the breathing and I'm, I've got a three by five card. I'm tracing it as I'm breathing with my pen. Like we so got good. literally just two sort of rounds. I'm like, I can actually feel myself be more relaxed. And that right. it sounds like, it, I know, I'm sure that sounds silly if you haven't tried it, but listeners, I'm just telling you, give it a go give it a, just give it a try and you'll be amazed just a couple rounds of it and it's like wow that like, i physically feel a little more relaxed now oh i love like, that thanks for the endorsement absolutely I, I think we often discount things that seem too simple that's right like, it seems oh, like it should be hard me that's right that's too simple that'll never work you know that solution that's too easy and right you know i i'm not convinced that life is supposed to be hard so right you know, it's hard enough if there are skills and strategies that you can start to implement that are simple and easy by all means. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, and so when we, as we're, um, as we're moving into the end of this, I've got a few, um, 
I've got a few lightning round questions to ask you, but before I do, would you share with our listeners a couple of the resources that you recommend to some of your clients? I know you mentioned Stepmom Magazine earlier, yeah, um, which, which I also recommend. Oh, good. Thank you. That's one of my favorite resources for blended families. I think that there's such an incredible breadth of content and breadth of professionals who are contributing to that publication that that can be really helpful. Um, I also think there are some summits that happen throughout the year. Um, and that can be really helpful too, again, because there is a breadth of participants. Mm -hmm. So just like we chatted about earlier, you know, what works for one person may not work for someone else. So starting to expose yourself in any way that you can to a variety of practitioners, helpers, healers, coaches, therapists, you know, authors, speakers in this space can be so it can be so helpful. It can also be so empowering because then you have things to actually pick and choose from. Right. Oh, I love this strategy, or I love this technique, or this one doesn't really resonate so much. So I'm going to tuck it away. Maybe I'll call on it, you know, at a later point, but mm -hmm. giving yourself at least the chance to evaluate a number of different approaches to different things, I think can be really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so listeners, we'll have a link in there to, uh, to Stepmom Magazine. We'll also have all of Meg's links um, so that you can connect with her uh, in various ways as well. Um, so let me ask you some of these lightning round questions and then we'll, we'll wrap up here. These are mostly silly, although there's a couple that if you answer a certain way, I may judge you a little bit for. All right. So, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you what We're those off the are. Judgment train. That's, yeah, I, I tell my students, I, I tell the kids, like, I judge you all the time. It's just what I do. I may not tell you what it is, but I'm, I'm judging all of you. So don't be wrong. Um, okay. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Let's right. do it. First one, manatees or elephants? Elephants. Nice. There's not a wrong answer to that one. Um, do you prefer a mouse or a touch screen? Uh, a mouse, actually, but one that is integrated into the keyboard. Interesting. All right. So very specific kind of mouse. All right. Good. Yeah. Um, pins or pencils? Uh, sharpies sharp interest okay so sharpies specifically good choice um, c <laughs> there you go that's exactly right uh, beach vacation or mountain getaway beach always <laughs> selling my wife um <laughs> online shopping or going to the store online online good all right uh just a couple more coffee or hot tea coffee all right and then cats or dogs dogs i have three nice excellent okay um I, I love doing some of those because they they spark fun conversation but also it's just a it's a fun way to sort of wrap up with things um i love bef that before we end um sh please share with our listeners where they can connect with you uh online or what's the best way for them to to reach out to you or to find out more about the things that you've you've shared today Sure. I think the best place is my website. And that is my name, megburtontudman.com. Mm -hmm. And that'll be in the show notes. Yeah, and woo. from that site, you can get to social media. Um, you can also connect with me through email. Um, and I'm here to support you. Again, I appreciate wholeheartedly how difficult and challenging a blended family situation can be. So if you are struggling, please know that you're not alone. I know that one of the 10 commandments that I really loved was ask for help. So again, 
you are not on an island. You are probably not the only one feeling the way you're feeling, even though you're unique. Um, and again, you don't have to go it alone. There are so many people out there who are really like cheering you on from the sidelines and, and will do everything they can to support you and help you make it work in, I think the most important thing about that, help you make it work in a way that serves you well, right. In a way Mm -hmm. that, that really works for you and, and doesn't cause you to feel like, you know, you've lost your soul in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Listeners, I strongly encourage you check out her website again. That was MegBurtonTudman.com. The uh, The link will be in the show notes. Um, I encourage you to reach out to her, email her, connect with her on social media, um, check out the resources that she has available. And uh, as she mentioned, there are lots of different opportunities out there for you to get help. If what you're doing isn't working, try something different. Reach out to her and see um, how she can help you. Meg, um, thank you so much for being on the show. I really had a great time and I appreciate your time and, and everything you shared with our audience today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joel. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Listeners, um, thank you again for tuning in. Be sure to look out next week for another episode of 10 CBF, a podcast for blended families. In the meantime, walk worthy and Godspeed. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. If you feel this was helpful, please subscribe and then like and share the interview. If you'd like to contact me directly, feel free to reach out through the show's website on Anchor or via social media. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and I'd love to hear from you. Last, if you'd like a free copy of any of my blended family resources, be sure to check out my website at stepdadding.com. In the meantime, walk worthy and Godspeed to you and your blended family.